You're listening to Left of the Dial. I'm your host, Andrea. Unfortunately, my co-host Kitsy couldn't be here today, so I'm flying solo. But I am very excited to introduce our guest. Forever Came Calling is a band from 29 Palms, California. Their iconic pop-punk album, Contender, turns 10 this year. And to mark that anniversary, they're heading out on a headlining tour this summer. Um, It's hitting just about every region in the U.S. And so today I'm very lucky to say please welcome to the show Forever Came Calling guitarist and lead vocalist Joe Candelaria. Hello, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. Um, you just came off playing So What Festival not too long ago. That was your first mm-hmm. show back, right, pretty much since everything shut down? Yeah, that's been um first show since 2000 and, well, nope, 2020. We did a show right at the beginning, right before the pandemic. Um, me, Bryce, and John, uh, play, we did a show at Chain Reaction. That was super fun. And then a month later... That was it. It was. Uh, I saw it was literally like January. Yeah, it was like you guys were raring to go, and then, yeah, how'd it feel to be back? It was. Um, so what was uh, very cool. I think that uh, coming out of the pandemic, um, and I think just kind of like re like visiting the band in general uh, has been a very very cool and unique experience this time because everyone's lives has kind of like moved to different places. So it's, um, it was just like the best way I think to describe it is if you were to go right back to college and you're just like, Oh yeah, like there's this life, you know? <laughs> so, um, which is great. I love it. Uh, it's good to see a lot of friends, honestly, cool. good to see people that like, you know, we've been seeing for years, like how their lives have changed and like progressed. It's really a unique experience to get to like grow together. I know that sounds super hippy dippy, but like, um, I think like a shared like history is like really cool. Something that I really, really, uh, the more I'm allowed to live life, the more I'm like, this is like a really cool little intersection. So no, that rules. That rules. I love that. That's, that's exciting. That's like, I mean, y'all, I was looking, you guys are pretty consistent. Is this, was that the longest break that that you'd taken by like quite a bit, right? Yeah. I can't imagine. That was, uh, well, like, and that's what I mean is like, I'm a general contractor and I'm like pursuing my political science degree. So, um, you know, I think that like historically and like traditionally it was always like, I felt like I had to pick like, okay, I need to do one thing. Mm -hmm. You can only do one thing. Um, and then I started to like get into a space where it's like, well, no, I could try a little bit of this, a little (laughs) bit of that. So, and that's uh, a way funner space than being, uh, singular singularly directed yeah that's very cool it's it's been every conversation that that we've had post pan i shouldn't say post pandemic but i should say like starting in like 2022 really um with with people it's been so interesting to see the i don't want to say positive side there's no real like positive side to the world having shut down for two years but just kind of seeing the way different people have sort of a approached it and what they've kind of allowed to shift and change that maybe we wouldn't have had the time and, and space for otherwise. So that's, that's very cool. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the pandemic, I think for a lot of people, it was like, or for me, I know it was um, the first time I've ever been able to like, just sit with myself mm-hmm. and really be like, do I like this guy? You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough, it's a tough sort of like conversation and thing to do, but I think it's been really valuable for a lot of us. I wouldn't be doing this podcast if uh, it hadn't happened. So. See, that's so sick. Yeah, that's right. Awesome. Right. It's it's kind of nuts, but um, 
but but yeah, so we invited you here today specifically to talk about Contender. Um, as everybody knows, it's uh, 10 years out now, which is kind of crazy. Um, so we asked you to come um, with a handful of songs from the album that you wanted to talk about specifically. So yeah, so why don't you tell us the first song we're going to hear? Uh, it's The Office. Uh, the first, the first song that like anybody cared about that FCC wrote, in my opinion, <laughs> it was. Uh, we did a bunch of like different demos and like The Office and uh, If Bukowski Had Seen Me Now were actually written for a split that never came that never came out. Oh, I don't think I knew that. When we were doing, yeah, there's like a whole little. Uh, there's a whole like 
demo that's it's just i want to say it's five and a half minutes long <laughs> and we were like really into boys night out at the time oh, hell yeah <laughs> and and so it was just like let's just write one song that's two songs that like flows super well we <laughs> later did that for front porch sunrise on the split like that whole our whole side of the split is just one song essentially um where they run together rather um so yeah it was it was really that's the office is like what got assigned to pure noise um we were passing that out like burned at like the 2011 warp tour we've been friends with jake brown and he's like yo, your band doesn't suck anymore. And I'm like, <laughs> my band never sucked, <laughs> but all right, thanks. I'm glad you noticed. Uh, That's too funny. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, so it's a, it has a special place in my heart and it's named after my, arguably my favorite show. <laughs> I, I was going to ask that and I'm glad you brought it up because it felt a little bit like a Chris Farley question. Like, is it, is it named after the office or? Uh... <laughs> so yeah, it's, um, Honestly, it's just I didn't have anything more creative to name the song. The girl I was seeing at the time, we really liked The Office. And I was like, <laughs> all right, smooth I, brain. <laughs> I love that. I love, like, the different approaches people have to, to titling songs. And I think, like, I'm a big fan of people getting really kind of, like, uh, in their heads about it in some ways. And then I'm also a big fan of being like, I don't know, I was watching a lot of The Office. So, so that's it. That's what... That's what that's what it is. I feel like that's where I've always tried to operate. It's just from like a authentic place. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's always the coolest. It just means <laughs> like the nerd shit in my brain mm-hmm. is going to come out one way or another. Yeah, it's great. And it's like another extra kind of little like Easter egg for for people to connect with. You know, I'm sure there are a lot of people who were listening to this album and watching a ton of The Office at the same time. So that's that's yeah. Fun. That's cool. I never thought about that. That's a, that's a good point. What do you think it was about, or do you have a guess what it was about this song in particular that really kind of grabbed people in a way that like, maybe like you said, you know, you're like, my band never sucked, but thanks. But like, for some reason, this is the song that, that kind of started to grab people. Do you have a guess what, what did that? Uh, the lyrics, 100%. Yeah. Um, chorus, big line. Uh, I still think like we'll have, especially in this life when they hear that, that song, they're like, hey, man. Do you need to talk to somebody? The line of the chorus is, I'll, I'll kill myself to shock my friends. Um, and I think that's still kind of, it's jarring to people. Um, it's not really meant as like a literal take. It's just like, uh, I think that especially when I was youngest, I wrote that at like 22 or 23. Um, I think that I was like screaming for attention, literally traveling around the country, yelling into microphones right. for attention. And I felt like, um, it's about uh, like the office. The song is actually about like being in love with somebody, but also knowing like it's just too good. Like it's too, it's burning too bright. It's yeah, burning too yeah. fucking bright. Like, um, and you know that going into those situations, you're like, yeah, like this is great. Like, but I mean, I, I guess it's easy to say that now, ten years later. But at the time, it was like, no, this is so cool. So, I think when I rectified that, like this will end and it's going to end bad. Um, I was like, fuck, like, what do I do? And the first line that like felt natural was that um, me and my friends were all fighting at the time. And I was like, you know, it'd be fucking crazy. Is if I was just like, fuck it. Cause I'm a very positive Show them. person. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like very try hard edgelord shit. <laughs> that's, that's too, fu- I, I'm just going to say, I mean, it is funny, but I, I don't want, yeah. I, 
No, it's not like <laughs> in no way a suicide a light joke at all. But it was just like I felt very much in that space, and like uh, it was just like that was off, like that's what came out. Yeah. Well, and I think that stuff feels so Im- like immediate, and especially when you're younger, that's. I don't want to like dismiss young people's feelings because they're so valid and so real, but, but it is hard to imagine anything on the other side of whatever you're feeling in, in the moment, especially when you're, when you're that much younger. So I think that's, yeah, I think that makes so much sense. Yeah. That's a great point. You don't, you don't have that experience to know like, Oh, it'll be fine. You're just like, (laughs) this is it. And today shit. And it works in the, in the song too. It does the same thing. Like you said, like you were like, uh, wouldn't wouldn't that really like shock my friends? Wouldn't that really like kind of? And it, it does it in the song too. It is a line that you're kind of like, oh oh god, like what what, what just happened? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I try to end the song on like a, a Adam song positive note. It's just it moves from a uh, definitive to like a nostalgic. Like the last line is 4:30 Duke's Road at night. We were feeling so alive, mm-hmm. and to me that was always like. I'll always have like that memory and that memory is good enough. The whole experience was good for that memory. And I think especially given time, um, which is why, you know, like I'm glad that, you know, I didn't kill myself is um, given time. You realize like sometimes an experience is just a great experience and you don't need more than that. Mm -hmm. Um, When you're younger, you're like, this all has to mean something. It has to be building towards this larger plan. I was raised like very traditional. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like, gotta find a wife, gotta have kids. And now that I'm like 35 and have a fully formed brain, I'm like, I gotta do what (laughs) I want and make myself happy first. I love that. And yeah, that it's a song that literally ends on the word alive, I think is really um, important for for that conversation. That's very cool. Yeah. So that was The Office. Let's, um, Let's talk about the next song on your list, which is... Ives.
Ides. So a lot of people call the song Ideas. And then I, <laughs> I say, close. It's close. It's Ides. That's so good. I'm uh, Aries. Uh, so I was born in March. All my best friends are Aries. What's your, what are you? Um, uh, I'm an Aquarius. Okay, cool. I have, I'm, I have big, uh, ADHD Aries energy. So like, like that's like my whole <laughs> Feel that. crazy brain. I, yeah. I had to March Julius Caesar, uh, me and my partner at the time were both born in March. Uh, she was a Pisces. I was an Aries. That was never going to work. Um, <laughs> Like, we're just stifling each other left and right. Mm-hmm. But something that I always liked about this song is the bass movement at the end. I really like the bridge. I think that was us trying to beat 70 times 7. We definitely didn't do it. Um, gosh, actually, we did. Fuck you, Brandon. Yeah, there you go. I always liked like that. We were definitely very much, uh, when we recorded Contender, we kind of knew that I would that seemed like the song that was going to be the single. Um, it just felt like I remember when we were writing it in the garage, uh, I was super into a band called Monine at the time. I'm still, I still love that band. Um, obviously I'm into Canadian bands, but, uh, they have these really cool little riffy parts in all their songs. And they like something that we've always tried to like emulate was they move in and out of a swing beat and a straight beat. So it gives them these cool guitar parts. And there's the part in I where there's like the breakdown. It's like when I first wrote that part, it was meant to be trippy and like kind of spacey. And then John and Bryce were playing with it. And like, they both did the slams and gave it like that big breakdown. And I was like, Oh, this is sick. Like, this is cool. This feels not cheesy, but heavy. Like, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I, I remember yeah. I was always really proud of him for that. Cause I was like, it was like one of those moments you have where it's like this song would not be the same if anyone else was in this room. And that was like a cool moment, I think, for us as a band. That's that's very cool. I love to hear those moments where it's like somebody came in with a song and they thought they knew it was gonna what it was gonna be. And maybe everybody in the room did, but then like one thing switches it up and the whole the whole tone of the thing changes and it, it becomes this different thing. That's so cool. Yeah, that, that breakdown led to like, okay, now the chorus can just fucking drive and mm-hmm. like and that opened it up to like the second verse, just like, okay, let's swing the beat now. Let's get weird with it. Um, so I was like, I really, really loved how that song came together. It's cool too to hear how I don't mean this to disparage any other bands in who who play in, I guess in any genre, it doesn't matter for what I'm about to say, but I think a lot of people want to pretend like they invented music. <laughs> like I, I kind of feel like this is maybe a bit of a sidetrack, but it kind of comes from my like background. Um, I was an English teacher before anything else. And I'm always teaching my students to like draw connections. Like what, what, what came before this? What does this connect to? And I really love being able to do that with music too. And it's just very cool to, to hear you be like, um, just kind of like invested in the music that was like, cause Monine, they're like contemporary with you guys, right? They were, I'm trying to. They're, they're a little bit, they're like early 2000s. Right. They're like a vagrant records yeah. band. Um, they were big when Census Fail mm-hmm. was having a real moment. That's right. Um, yeah, like that that kind of time frame. They were one of the... Uh, I saw them on a Census Fail headliner. It was Census Fail, Boys Night Out, Monine, and The Beautiful Mistake. That was like a life-changing show for me. I was like, holy fuck, <laughs> this is crazy. I, I think oh, to your point, though, about... Um, uh, 
I'd like, I try very hard to kill my ego every day. <laughs> and once I started doing that, it was a lot easier to be like, move into like what I call the glass jaw head space of, uh, their, their, my favorite record of theirs is called worship and tribute. Mm-hmm. And when you, Justin Beck is very into Justin Beck. That's like the most political way to say it. Um, but I think he said something really cool in an interview one time that I always respect. I think it was either him or Daryl uh, where they were like, it's worship and tribute because all we're doing is like worshiping the records we mm-hmm. love and paying homage. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, like that's literally all I'm ever doing is trying to recreate moments that moved me um, and, and you know, beat it like or try to, you know, not like in a way that mine should be better, but in a way that's like, how can, where does my voice sit right. in this conversation? And so I think once I'm, <clears throat> I, I, uh, stop being afraid of like, okay, well I have to be new and inventive all the time. It's like, or I just have to do a good job. <laughs> like, you know, and, and I, it's okay to like have influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think if you are, like you said, just trying to do a good job and doing it genuinely, like it, and I know, Authentic is a word. I have like a handful of words I try to shy away from, and authentic is one of them because I think it can. Be, but anyway, and doing it like authentically, you're you're still gonna do your own thing. Like I don't think there's anything it, when you say like, "Oh, we were," you know, I was inspired by this particular moment in a song. It doesn't. It's not a matter of like, I don't know. It's just like fuel in the tank. I don't know if that if that makes sense, but oh yeah, and it, it it keeps. It cha- like I, I'm really into the new Kendrick record right now, and that'll probably lyrically influence like everything that I do for moving forward. And I have no shame in that. I mean, it's a genius, you know what I mean? And like the ideas that I think he inspires, just in general. Like I think if you're a musician that's true to like art or your own art, uh, you're constantly trying to be inspired. So like, wh- why why hide it? You right. Know? Yeah, absolutely. There was, I've brought this up twice now on the podcast because I think it's so interesting and it's, and now I'm blanking on who I even heard it from, even though I've talked about it a bunch of times now. But some, some musician was talking about working in a studio and working with a producer who, who's worked with like Elton John and David Bowie and the musician just being like, hey, how did Bowie make his guitar sound like that? What happened in the studio for Elton John, like this piano part, what was he doing? Um, and just being like very open about figuring out what the people who make the music that you care about and you like what they're doing and trying to be in conversation with that, I think is really valuable. I don't think yeah. that's something to like have to hide. I'm just looking at my notes here to see if there's anything specifically about Ides that I want to... How about you? Is there anything? Um... I still regret uh, just cussing in the chorus. Like, I'm just like, I just ran out of words. You know what I mean? So uh, I I pre-warned my grandma when I showed her that song. I was like, hey, I say, God damn. And she's like, it's okay. And I was like, she's a very, very lovely, the kindest Catholic woman I've ever met. So I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. You said the worst one for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had, had she ever been to see your band play? Oh, yeah. Grandma Candelaria is just <laughs> like, she's wearing the shirt. She's like, what's up? This is my, that's my grandson. I don't care that he cusses. I'm going to pray for him harder. Uh, rules. You should, do you censor? Do you censor goddamn when she's there? Gosh darn. Oh, I, I say hot damn on stage. I can't, anymore, I'm like, you fucking clown. Hot damn. Like, <laughs> 
even when she's not there that's like a yeah oh I yeah love it just that. feels it feels like it feels like so unnecessary to the song that it's it's like like cringy for me on stage i'm like every time i'm like mm. just had like couldn't find two other words and it's not even that i like hate that word it's just more of like i knew where i was when i wrote that lyric and i was straight up like i am fucking cooked this line I say fucking the line. I say goddamn line. Send it, and that was the whole thought process. Like, That's so funny. I love. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at your uncomfortability with it, but I love that that you that you're responding to it by changing it in the moment and just being like, "I'm gonna do what actually feels right and more natural for me." I'm I'm very much like, especially with the band. I think I spent a long time trying to be everyone's everything. So now I'm very much like, I have to do it for me or it's going to suck. It, I, I promise you don't want to see that. Like, and that was a big like therapy moment. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. I mean, I guess the last thing you want to do is be like deep in your head about one word you wish you hadn't said when you're performing. So if you've got a way around it, like that's, that definitely seems like the way to go and it makes grandma happy. So that's, I mean, that's for me, yeah. that's the most important thing. Right. For me, too, honestly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You want to tell us what's up next? Uh, so the next song is I'll Be Better, I Promise. Would you hold it against me if I say That I've been missing you lately Do you remember when we sat outside my house Watch stars cascade turn into something else you
common sense for me to shake like this I've seen weaker men learn how to deal with that Guess it's common sense for me to shake like this I've seen weaker men learn how to deal with that Fell asleep to faith on TV This probably should have been a single, uh, 100%. We're gonna, we're doing a reissue, so we're gonna revisit this song. We're remixing the record, remastering it, um, and this will probably be the lead single. Uh, this song is probably my favorite song on the record. Still, I still think that this is a really, really good song. A couple of big things happened with this song. Um, for us as a band, I think me as an artist, uh, as a writer. We had written this song. There's a version of it out there that sucks ass. Um, it's just like that's honest. Uh, but there was really great raw material in it. Like you knew, like okay, like it's not there yet, but there's something cool here. Um, so when we went into Panda to record the record, we recorded it with Sam Pira uh, up in Fillmore, California, like Bay Area. Um, it was our first time we'd worked with Sam on the split, but when we had done the split, like I said, it's a, it was a quick, like, I think it's like a seven, our side was seven minute and we had written it so that it flows as one. And we did it in like, I think 12 hours, yeah. like from drums to vocals, we were done with that split in 12 hours, like lifetime, like saves the day shit. <laughs> yeah. And I was Jesus. like, I was really proud of that, but I like felt like a badass. Like, all right, yeah, we went in there and knocked that out. Like <laughs> this record will take two days. <laughs> Wreck did not take two days. Um, it very quickly, uh, Sam really got to open up and like produce the record. And um, with the split, he was very much like, I think we were all like just head down, let's just get it done. Um, with this, it, we there was more of a familiarity. There's also, uh, you know, this was his next shot at a pure noise record. And story so far was the last. Oh, story so far, American scene and us. So it was just like it was a very important time, I think, in all of our careers. Um, so there was a lot of good pressure. That's what I'll call it. Good pressure. Uh, but we had written this song and we showed it to Sam. We showed all the songs to Sam day one. He's like, I'd rather you brought nothing. Like, not that exactly. But that's how it felt all bit. <laughs> yeah, we thought the record was done. And he's like, this record isn't done. Oh, so no. we would get a song to a good... He's really, really, honestly, really great at uh, arrangements. Mm -hmm. So he would hear this song, like, you, no, you're missing it. Like, the chorus is here. Or for this song, he said, you don't have a chorus. And I was like, oh, so we... It's not about chopping and screwing it. It's like, we have to write a whole new part. Mm -hmm. So... That was really challenging, I think, A, for ego. That was a big challenge for ego. It was also just stressful. Um, 
we were all very young and very emotional. So <laughs> it was just like, you know, tempers were flaring left and right. We're not sleeping. Um, so what we're doing is we're recording for 12 hours a day. Then when Sam goes home, we're staying up all night to write as right. much as we can for the next yes. day. So you're just in this like whirlwind. Um, but I remember with this song, the verses are done. Um, we have the stops for the pre-chorus and we have no pre-chorus and, or we have no actual chorus. So I remember we're going, this is probably like one in the morning, two in the morning. I'm just listening. I wrote like a very simple guitar part and it just opens up. Like it's just a big, like weird E chord that I like. And I tell the band in live, I'm like, just keep running that over and over again. And I went into the uh, control room and I'm just like listening to it, like muffled. I have a little acoustic guitar and I wrote the lead, which is like a very, like, it's a very cool, like little taking back Sunday thing that like I nod to. Um, and then I wrote the melody, like I just like started humming it and I was like, Oh fuck. And then I, did the high there's like a part in the song in the chorus where it gets really high mm -hmm. and i was like oh this is cool this is really cool went in there did it for them they're like that's dope and like we played the song on acoustic i played it for everybody everyone's like damn we didn't have a chorus now we do <laughs> and i think that it showed all of us like in that moment of like okay like we should be challenged like challenge mm -hmm. makes us better um and like it it was just very much at that point, we then really leaned into like listening and being like, okay, like maybe our ideas are best as is like, maybe we should be pushed. Like maybe that's the point of this, mm -hmm. which is really funny to do a record and, you know, show up and realize when you're there, like, Oh, now I should, you know, like get my shit together. Here's but, where the challenge is. We thought writing it was hard. And now it turns out we hadn't even really written it yet. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, but it was cool because I think that, after that, I no longer was afraid of being wrong with songs. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, like someone's going to give me their opinion. And like, you know, now like I've even evolved that conversation to like, I should listen and hear their opinion and then discern what I think is right for the song that I'm writing. Um, and that all started with I'll Be Better. So that's a really important lesson to learn as a musician or, or otherwise, I think, um, especially. I keep, I don't, I, I feel like I need to keep disclaiming this. I'm not saying this to like dismiss young people's feelings at all, but um, it is, it is a difficult thing. Even at, I'm 36, even at 36 to like, think you've got something figured out and then have somebody push against that. And then to have to be like, oh, like maybe I do need to kind of revisit whatever it is and like open it up to let something change or shift and, and then. And then it, it's always a good thing when it comes out better on the other side, but there is part of you that's kind of like, or at least me anyway, it's kind of like, ah, fuck. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I, I, change is hard. Mm -hmm. Challenge is hard. Mm -hmm. I think, like, I tell people, it sounds weird, but, like, I'll be better. That was, like, where I learned that, like, I don't always have the best ideas. I could find the best ideas, but I have to, like, really, like, dig into that space. Um, change is hard. Uh, I think that, like, a big change, especially, like, you know, not to get super deep into like the ether, but like I told you, like I always wanted to be a feminist, you know, and until you start like doing that work, you realize like, oh, fuck. Like, I was like suspect. I didn't even know it. <laughs> like um, and I think like but when you have those big shifts or those big changes, especially like 
that you're just kind of like you feel attacked constantly because you're learning all of these Mm -hmm. new things in which maybe like you have some like disparities and you're like oh man I personally suck and it's like (laughs) well yeah but you don't have to keep sucking right like you know you could just like shift and so I think that's been a big life lesson and it definitely started with like art and music is just learning that being wrong is not bad Mm -hmm. it just means you know you should expand perspective yeah and there's there's work to do and that's a good thing it's good so i think that's that's very cool it's cool that you have like a particular moment you can point to and be like this is where it really started here in the band and just kind of like for me as a person yeah uh, it's it it, uh, that's why you know i went through a part of period especially on this break where i fucking hated the band i was like (laughs) i ruined my life you know like um but it was cool to like have a full circle moment and especially like through education and stuff, I like really understood a lot of like the valuable life lessons I learned from like some punk rock songs. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I love that. Hey, leftos. It's Andrea. And me, Kitsy. From the past or the future or from right now, depending on when you're listening to this episode. We're here to tell you about all the very cool stuff you're missing out on if you're not keeping up with us at leftofthedial.fm. That's right. Head over there now to check out tons of album reviews and essays by our fantastic music writers, and you'll get to watch our incredible live sessions with bands like Teenage Bigfoot, Take Today, and Proper. And you can pick up those live sessions at leftofthedial.bandcamp.com so you can take them with you wherever you go. It's also a great way to support us and the musicians you love because we split all of our profits with the artists there right down the middle. You can also join our Patreon, where we'll have lots of behind-the-scenes footage, early access to live sessions, performances that you won't be able to find anywhere else, and lots of pictures of my perfect dog, Pacey. Oh, he's so good. Follow us on Twitter at Left of the Dial PC and Instagram at Left of the Dial FM to keep up with everything we're doing and to see even more pictures of my perfect dog, Pacey. Oh, and right now we're also looking for new music writers who want to get paid to write for us. So send our editor-in-chief an email with some writing samples and or pitches at jen at leftofthedial.fm. That's leftofthedial.fm. Celebrating independent music. Characters welcome. Never go to the post office again. Yeah, so let's um, let's talk about the next song on your list, which is... Front Porch Sunrise. <laughs> Gracious bad news I was calling to scare you with what I'm about to do Cause you bring the sorrow 
like to be honest, honestly happy And say all the things that you know that you're thinking I like to be honest, honestly happy This or a song called Indebted off of What Matters Most are like the two songs people probably associate with us the most. Um, this has been recorded in like a hundred times. Uh, there's an acoustic version. I'm going to just, you know, make a hip. Like part of me wants to edge lord this song and put out like eight different versions of it because Please we get shit talked to us on the internet. Like, <laughs> boy, are you going to put Front Porch Sunrise on this one? It's like, if you're going to buy it. Yeah. Like, Damn right like, I am. Um, but it's just it's uh another place like straight up we were recording another EP um and the office Jake had heard the office we were doing like our own EP that never came out it's called uh, My Beautiful Friends we still have it um and what happened is is Jake had got the demo to the office and he's like I really want to be a part of whatever you guys are doing we were already like at the tail end of an EP and. Jake from Handguns called me. He's like, hey, let's do a split this November. This is like July. And I was like, dude, we're putting out this EP. He's like, well, Jake wants to put it out. Um, so very quickly, it was like, it happened real quick. When we got back from Florida, we were home for a week. And then we were going up to the Bay to record this split with him. We had no songs written for that. And we were like, we got to save the best songs for our EP. And like, we'll just put, and Front Porter Sunrise came out of like, uh, <laughs> I was just like, I don't need anyone or anything. I remember writing that and being like, that's a cool line. Let's write a whole EP off this. So um, that was very cool. Tim Lemos was a a big, uh, a big force with uh, getting that song to a good place. Um, he heard it. We were recording it with him. Uh, and he's like, yeah, that's a good song. We don't have time to put it together, but you, that's a chorus. You need to figure that out. Like, Hold on to that. This is so I I'm not I my my co-host is the really the musician and and the producer and and they have like the real kind of like um like granular knowledge of this stuff and I tend to come in from a lyrics first perspective in general that's just kind of like okay. my way into music a lot of the times and I think this song there this is a maybe a silly thing to say because like poetry is lyrics lyrics is poetry right um but I think this song, at least on this album, to me, feels the most like you could put this in a book of poetry 
like without the music behind it and it stands on its own that way and I'm and there's there's like something that feels a little different about the lyrics in this one that I haven't been able to put my finger on it might be because I'm not the one who wrote it but I'm wondering if you had a different approach in general to this one so this uh this was one of those like I was really into toxic situations when I was younger um so this was we used to tour uh through Reno a lot Reno still to this day some of my favorite memories of my life and I met a person at a show there and we like hit it off super well and it was very like fast paced like as far as like emotionally mm-hmm. it, like um we i mean they lived in or she lived in redding which is the top of california and i live at the bottom um so it was just one of those things like where we met <clears throat> really just like clicked well uh kept in contact and it felt like it was moving into a good place and this song was written like we were in Florida doing this EP. The band was like having cool moments. I wouldn't even say like, it was just like things were shifting. No one really knew where it was, but it felt like a, a very like, like Kerouac-esque time. It was just <laughs> a very like, I'm young and on the road. And like, I want to like, I think I had just read on the road again. <laughs> like I read on the road like once every three years. <laughs> um, and it was just very much like, I wanted to kind of embrace like that on the road vibe of like uh, there, uh, there's always this, this part of the book where he talks about being laying on the back of a flatbed truck going 80 miles an hour on the highway through Nebraska, like just sipping whiskey, like (laughs) on a flat, like on a flatbed (laughs) truck. Like I just always think about that. And he, it's because to me, like, that's terrifying, right? <laughs> but he describes it with such beauty that he's just laying there. And he's like, I'm just looking at the stars, like, getting buzzed. And, like, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. And you're like, and I think that, like, especially with that, with the lyrics on Contender in general, but especially that song, I really wanted it to feel like a snapshot. Like, I wanted to look at that and be embarrassed in 10 years. And um, <laughs> I because that. I think, like, that's, like, like, that's the best, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I wanted, like, what was Lil Joe doing? Yeah. Like, you know, like... Um, so maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I, the, the, <laughs> I've never heard anybody talk about writing in general that way of like, I, I want to look back and be embarrassed because it's a matter of like the most embarrassing thing. I think a person, person, like not on the outside, but like as somebody where it's like, oh, I did this really earnest, sincere thing. And that's mortifying. I think that can be the case for, uh, uh, you know everybody to an extent but like a lot of the time so i think that's a really like what an honest place to to try to come from for a song that's fantastic that's like i mean uh, that's my favorite like songs in the world you know the ones where you're just like that's almost cringy that's (laughs) almost cringy exactly it's almost cringy but you you really walk that line but you you did it (laughs) well and then those songs always feel the songs that do it quote-unquote like right like half the reason they're cringy is because you you can feel it right and can connect with it and you're like oh no that's me oh no yeah <laughs> me too uh, as well I feel attacked. Yeah. yeah exactly we um we only have one more song this is flying by um and before we jump into that one do you want to tell folks where where they can find you what you've got coming up all that good stuff yeah so we uh otherdesertcity.com um that's our website uh, 
we're writing a record right now called Other Desert Cities. <clears throat> so we're doing a tour for Contender this year. Um, it'll be September and October, September 12th, I think through October 1st. We're hitting pretty much most major markets. We don't do Florida, um, but that's just simply because we didn't have time. Um, because uh, when we originally started this, we were like going to just do a, a show. And then it very quickly became like this whole other beast, um, which is awesome. It was just been, it was a whirlwind. Uh, so we're doing that. We're re-releasing the record, um, <clears throat> which is really exciting. Uh, I'm excited to like repress it and maybe revisit the artwork, but not change it. I, I love the artwork. Um, but I, I think about having like a hand painted version of it. I think that might oh, be cool. kind of cool, like a direction yeah. like that. That's very cool. You guys should do a contest and have folks remix the the album and the album art and go from there. Ooh, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. <laughs> you could steal that's that. That's a really good idea. You're welcome to it. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, that's that's going to be this year. Is just kind of really paying homage to like what's come before, um, and really treat it with like the respect that that we think it deserves. Um, I think that with stepping away from the band so long and coming back to it, you, uh, I had enough time to kind of like get other people's ideas of mm-hmm. what the band was out of my head and replace them with like my own. Mm-hmm. And I think when I got to that place, I was like, you know what? Like I have something to say about this and like, I feel good about it. So I really want to lean into that energy. That's, that's fantastic. What a cool, exciting place to be be coming to it from i'm excited for uh folks to get out and see you on this tour you'll be you're coming through philly september 16th at the great room which is a great space so um i'll put links up in our show notes and on twitter and everywhere okay uh, that i think that might be the first show to sell out i think we're like not a lot of tickets away so that was that was surprising that was really cool i was pumped on that. philly philly rules i'm i'm so excited to hear that that's very cool um, and then I have to go through my little spiel, of course. We're on Left of the Dial. We're at Left of the Dial FM on Instagram and at Left of the Dial PC on Twitter because we can't be consistent. You can find all our episodes and live sessions, interviews, album reviews. The list goes on at leftofthedial.fm. And listeners, as usual, you can catch me here every week and over at Chris Gethard's New Jersey's The World doing a bunch of different things, including our monthly residency at House of Independence in Asbury Park, which I think when this album goes up, or with this album, which I think when this episode goes up, um, will be it'll be just about time for our July show. So get tickets to that at NewJersey'sTheWorld.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at AQAndreaQ. And I think that is everything. Yeah. Um, Joe, tell us a little bit about the song you chose to go out on, which I think listeners can probably guess. Uh, Contender. It's the title track.
one of the most personal songs i've ever written lyrically um i think that especially now more than ever um just being like a like a big dude in this world was not like very easy i think that there's like a great conversation happening now about like you know like body shaming and shit like that like but at, at that time that was not even like on the radar um so i think it was always hard for me to understand uh where my place and all that was because i think that especially like at, at least how i felt like i can only share from my experience being honest about like being uncomfortable in my own body was not really a conversation i thought anybody wanted to talk about mm. um but mm -hmm. i felt like i needed to say it because that's just where i was um I, it's something that like the label even kind of brought up and was like, Hey, like, you know, like this is kind of a different vibe. And I was like, I'm not going to like change that. I'm you. sorry that you feel away, but like, that's, it's not your song. Um, I think that it never really got traction, which is fine, but I do have had some really great moments where people have come up and been like, yo, that song like, saved my life. Like uh -huh. that made me feel seen and like heard in ways. And like, I think in spite of like the negative stuff that it deals with, it deals with like a lot of substance issues, a lot of like just body issues. Mm -hmm. um, but it also like, it's just saying like, in spite of all of these like negative attributes of self that I feel um, like contender for everything, like I mm -hmm. choose my path, like, and I choose like the throne. Um, yeah. And I think that that's like an energy that even today like i'm really glad to be doing this 10-year thing because it's energy that i needed to be reminded of is like uh talked about this in another interview but when we were tracking the vocals on this song i was having a huge like imposter syndrome moment and like sam had broken his arm skiing so we had to go redo the vocals and it was like there was a new guy doing vocals and there was like eight motherfuckers in the room I had never met. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, so no. uncomfortable. And I'm like, dude, like I'm singing this shit. That's like fucking makes me uncomfortable to even say like, this is, and I was, I like had a full panic attack and Bryce, our drummer was there. And I was like, bro, I can't do this shit. And he's like, uh, I remember he said, bro, like, do you think the rock wakes up and it's just like, not the rock. And I was like, <laughs> no, the rocks, the rock. Bro. He's like, yeah, you're the rock to me. So go be the fucking rock, like rock bottom, the fucking mic. Like the exact quote was, do you think the rock wakes up and wonder if he's the people's champ? And <laughs> I was like, so no, he's the people's champ. And he, he's like, so go be the fucking people's champ. Like go do it and fuck these people. And I remember when Bryce is the nicest person ever. And when he was like, with everything in his like eyes, he said, fuck these people and looked at that room. And I was like, all right, you don't need to like go start beating people's ass. Like, That's who you want in your corner.
corner though, right? That's amazing. Yeah, it was just it was just that thing where it was like, yeah, fuck that. I, I got my brother here. Like, let's just do this. And like, that was really cool and like a very big bonding moment for me and Bryce. Um, and I love to tell that story because I think that like that's the energy of the record, you know. Mm-hmm. And that was like the energy writing those songs and the energy in that room. And I felt like it's such a funny, simple story, but I think that's very much where the band was, was like, even if nobody else believes, like we believe in us and we have each other. So like, that was very special. That is, that is so beautiful. I had like one other thing I wanted to, um, to, to piggyback off of what you had said earlier in that conversation, but that is such a beautiful sentiment to go out on that. I'm not even going to, bust that open that was that was beautiful i love that so much no now i now i want to know where where, <laughs> where where you're taking this i was just gonna say you know you were talking about the song and maybe this is just me not being the reader that i that i that i think that i am but i hadn't thought about this song as one about like um f- like physical size as opposed to like just more like um I don't just like space that you occupy in other ways. And as someone who like, I'm not a small person, obviously like we're sitting across from each other and to think about, especially in 2012, when we weren't talking about like, um, like you said, like body shaming being a conversation that, that people are just like more open having. I, I was, I was straight body shamed like by our label. I, be, I mean, I, I, I don't mean I believe it, but, like, it was something that we, people were just allowed to do. <laughs> like, we didn't—there was no pushback on it. Yeah, 2012, like, fat is was less than in every way. Well, and especially in that scene in particular, there was such a, like, specific aesthetic that people were almost, like, expected to to, to inhabit. And so, like— and part of part of that was being very small. So like, yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's hard too. But well, we we were we were uh, we were a not small, not white band. Right, right. Like you know what I mean? It was just like, uh, like which I loved about us because mm-hmm. we're from a small like rural community that is very eclectic. So to me, we don't, you know, we weren't this. Uh, I think the exact quote was, "You guys just don't look like a band." A band. Uh, that's crazy that a band has a look like. like Jesus Christ. Sorry, sorry to your grandma. I almost, I almost said the... <laughs> but it's but it's one of those things that like, you know, half a man that's content with stinking, mm-hmm. double his size and constantly drinking. Like mm-hmm. that's very much where I was. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, but I, I I'm I'm proud of it. And like there's no shame there or like shade on anybody. Like like I'm not upset or feel away, but like I do like to keep a track record. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Good for you. Yeah, anything else about Contender? Um, before we... Contender. Uh, or anything in general. I mean, <laughs> it's only 24 minutes long, which still is shocking to me because I felt like when we got it back and it was only 24 minutes, I was like, this is like my life's work and it's yeah. 24 minutes. That's it. This is embarrassing, but I actually love it now because you shouldn't hear any any good punk band. 30 minutes get the fuck off the stage <laughs> you can't say it in half I don't care i don't care i bruce springsteen i might care i might care well you just i'm i'm in philly right now but i am a very i'm i could not be more new jersey and when you started to say bruce i got a little nervous but we're still good you can maybe yeah. care about somebody yeah yeah bruce springsteen and let's see right now i'm really in uh, uh kendrick lamar i'd care about Doja Cat. They're, they're the yeah, three. That's the tour right there. That's the That's tour. Him. Madison Square Garden. 
Bruce Doja. I'm selling my house for front row tickets. Hell yeah. He listens. I'm sure he listens. So yeah, he'll, yeah. he'll just, he's just going to guest list us. It'll be fine. This was so fun. Thank you so much for joining me today and uh, digging into to Contender with me. I can't wait for our listeners to hear this. I can't wait for folks to come through. Or I can't wait for you guys to come through so folks can come out. Can I plug one more thing? You can plug as many things as you want to plug. This is your episode. Um, so Pollyanna, one of the bands that we're taking out, they are put. They just put out a new EP called Slime, I believe it is. But either way, that band fucking rules. They're um, a Jersey band, really, right? Yeah. Hell really yeah. excited to have them. Uh, but Home Safe is another great band. People should check out their direct support. Uh, Ryan is the Dave Brawl of his time. Um, yeah, like I just want make sure people are looking at that. Nominee is another great band from Texas that we're we're doing this with, and there's some of the like I've known them since 2012. Like uh, used to play in I Call Fives. Um, it's just like they're just a great band. Just a great band. Steve is the handsomest person in the world. So <laughs> if you're in a handsome dudes and that's your band. <laughs> then yeah, seek them out. I um I noticed just like looking at at who you bring out to support um the tour. It's it's such a wide uh swath. You you like kind of covered every corner of the states and it's uh I don't know, I just think it's it's gonna be a really rad tour. Just from I'm looking at Pollyanna's website and someone's wearing a shirt that just says God is gay. I'm having a great time. Yes, yeah, slime is the I'll link to everybody's everything in the show notes too. So okay, sure. yeah, they, they're they're just writing these really great pop songs, mm-hmm. and I I'm, it's shocking that they're not as big as Paramore or mm-hmm. as big as like fucking I don't know like Casey Musgraves. <laughs> like it's just like they're so good. When uh-huh. I when we got the band sent our way i was like yeah this is obvious like this is fucking so good that's very cool that's so fun to find new like new to you bands where you're like oh i get to be excited and champion this band now and tell everybody that's very cool awesome and how exciting that you get to like pick a handful of bands to to shine some light on while you're on the road again anything else you want to plug like i said you can plug doesn't even have to be something related to your band (laughs) whatever you want during the pandemic, I got really into making my own pizza. So Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, it's called Cowabunga Pizza, Cowabunga HD on Instagram. <laughs> we do pop ups in California. Uh, oh, people can come pretty, get the pizza. Yeah. Like it's like a whole, like this is a whole other ADHD project. That, that, uh, that rules. People go get the pizza. Say, plug it again. Cow, Cowabunga HD on Instagram, but Cowabunga Pizza, it's based off of the Ninja Turtles. So <laughs> all of our pizzas are named after. The Ninja Turtle Brothers, like, like, who's your favorite Ninja Turtle? Oh God, um, uh, Michelangelo. Michelangelo, cool. Okay, so, so the 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 whole idea is is we just ask you like who your favorite brother is, and then you'll be like, oh, or who your favorite character is rather, because we have a few. So you say Michelangelo, then you're gonna get our garlic butter cheese bread with mac and cheese on it, little. Asiago, like it's just like a mac and cheese pizza because the cheesiest brother. Like, <laughs> so they're all based off different characters. This is like a weird kind of like almost like a zodiac thing because that is the pizza that I would probably order if it were up on the board. It's like you, what's the shredder? Yeah. Is there a shredder? There's no shredder yet, um, but we do have a 
let's see what are what's the villain one we haven't done really any villain yet i think we're thinking about the bebop is going to be a mac and cheese pizza with ham hell yeah or bacon because you know <laughs> <Yeah>. uh-huh. um <laughs> right right now we have uh the Raphael, which is a jalapeno pepperoni a little mm-hmm. spicy mm-hmm. um we have leo <laughs> it's just a standard pepperoni the classic like just tried and true and donatello is pineapple and pepperoni because it's like it's not for everybody, but people that really are smart get it. They right? really get it. It takes a, it's a little uh, a little headier of a turtle headier. and a pizza for sure. Yeah, I I love that. I'm a big fan of um. There's do you uh the band Houston Calls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, uh, Jarrett opened a bagel shop in Jersey that is in really it's yeah bagels by Jarrett. He only sells like three bagels because really it's like all this like crazy he has stuff that you can't get anywhere else and it's incredible so when you come through the philly jersey area on your way up uh the east coast you should hit up jared bacon egg and cheese forever that's the best hell yeah i'm so excited to go back to the northeast with the bagels. <laughs> um, yeah well bagels by jared uh you should definitely go through and there's a plug for jared uh bagels by it's the best i'm gonna check that out yeah, yeah. i'm gonna be like yo i'm coming through i want a bagel bagels by jared i'm writing that down and he's his instagram is unreal it is okay. Yeah, absurd the stuff he comes up with. It's very cool. Did not expect this uh, conversation to end with pizza and bagels, but I, I can't say that there's a better way for it to. So yeah, thank. This was seriously so fun. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This has been Left of the Dial. Joe Candelaria has been my guest. Check out Forever King Calling when they come through your town. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. And if I don't see you in a long, long while. Left to the dark Left to the dark